To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. For years I've been telling you guys never to take no for an answer, right? You know, to, to keep pushing, to never hang up the phone until you get what you want. Because you all deserve it. You know, this fucking deal that I'm about to sign, barring me from the securities industry, barring me from Stratton, my home. <laughs> the fuck is that, you know? I'll tell you what it is, it's, it's, it's me taking no for an answer, you know? It's them, it's them selling me, not the other way around. It's, me being a hypocrite is what it is. So, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! This is my home! They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here! They're gonna need to send in the National Guard a fucking SWAT team! Cause I ain't going nowhere! Fuck 
Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You've already, you haven't witnessed it, but I am definitely on my second cup of coffee. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on the YouTubes. Go to the YouTube channel, uh, Positive Sarcasm Podcast, and my main channel, Positive Sarcasm. Happy Wednesday to everybody. I hope you are having an excellent day. I hope you're all happy, healthy, at least one of the two, or at least searching for one or both. Uh, They are important, as is the search for meaning. I just made that up. So, uh, yeah. Streaming live every Wednesday and every Sunday for Sunday Leftovers. This is the main podcast where I give out most of my data within a one-hour time span until I am completely exhausted of myself talking and the coffee that's available to me in the French press that you can't see because it's sitting on the desk that I painted myself. Uh, Welcome to my usual ramblings. My name is Jay. I am the owner, operator, and editor of PositiveSarcasm.com. Uh, that clip you just heard was from The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, an interesting film. But that section right there about not fucking leaving and not being a hypocrite is one of those things that I struggle with every day, trying to promote this podcast, but at the same time trying to be um, honest and truthful and as transparent as I can be. I know that I preach a lot of things as far as like taking on the market, trying to do everything yourself and all that other jazz, but I, one of the two things I wanted to bring up, there are some things that are like elephants in the room, and you've obviously heard of one or you've heard of both. One of them has to do with the uh, Robinhood app. Now, if you guys are fans of, if you haven't, if you don't trade on the stock market or if you don't dabble in you know, your own investments and stuff like that, first of all, I encourage you to do it, and I encourage you to do it in the most uh, convenient and uh, returnable way possible. I think it's important that people learn about the stock market. I think it's important that they gather as much information as they can so that they can make the best decisions concerning their money because the market is available to you, the consumer. All right, It isn't just for the 1%. Anybody can invest at any time in the stock market, especially with new applications such as uh, E-Trade and, uh, you know, and Robinhood. Robinhood is an app that I use, and it's a Robinhood is an app that I support. However, as of recently, as of Monday and of yesterday, they had a major outage. Major. And this is important because it can be a matter of a split second where you can miss an opportunity to make a significant amount of money or recover some of the losses from a, a, another trade. There is an, in, in a split second, you can your whole portfolio can change. And the information that you gather to make those decisions to financially better yourself can be hindered by an outage. And from what I understand, something very simple that could have been avoided on this app, Robinhood. And for all intents for all intents and purposes, this shouldn't have happened. Okay. People were not able to trade. People were not, they were able to access the app, but they weren't not able to trade in real time. And this is not good, and it shouldn't happen. And I, I get it. It's a new. It is an, an app that is constantly updating to benefit us, the consumer, the traders, the day traders, the people who use the apps and just use the app in general because it's convenient, and it is helpful. Believe me. But when you're dealing with something like the stock market, these accidents, these incidents, these outages can't happen. This stuff cannot happen. Data breaches, it's the same thing when it comes to a data breach. This stuff can't happen. And that was quite annoying, not being able to access app for any reason, 
um, unexpectedly while the market is open, missing out on potential money, potential investments, setting things up, setting bowling pins up to knock them down. And this stuff can't happen. And for two straight days, this, this app crashed around 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, during some of the heavier trading points of the day for the stock market. So, I, adv- I mean, as far as Robinhood goes, they're back up and running. Everything was fine today, Wednesday. But they need to get their shit together and make sure that simple stuff like that. You're worried about automation. Well, I would worry about automation when it comes to making when it automation making mistakes. And that was a perfect example of uh, programming gone wrong. And it was, from what I understand, from the Reddit users. Uh, when you want to find out the truth, you go to 4chan and you go to Reddit, and they generally know what's going on. And apparently, it was something simple as like a dating a, a date setup, you know, a little bit of code, and a little bit of code gone wrong. For the most part, I don't think it was an issue with the amount of people trying to trade. That's never been an issue with Robinhood. It hasn't crashed in several years when it comes to the volume of trading on that app. It has not been a problem. So I think it was something simplistic which caused a major outage, and that was that was it. But it can happen, and even though I promote the shit out of them on my website and through the podcast, right through the intro, you have to take uh, the company uh, to task for making a mistake like that. Be like, listen, you guys fucked up and you can't do it again. Uh, especially right now with the market as crazy as it is and unknowing and as hostile as it is with you know the political stuff, which we don't talk about on this podcast, and with the health stuff going on with this coronavirus, which is basically just you know a super flu. So it's important to know, have access to the market at all times if you are going to trade. So Robinhood can't, I mean, great app. I love it. I don't know how how much lo- if it has a, a long term if it's going to be around for the long term. It's been around for about four or five years, as far as I've uh, known about it. But these outages can't happen, and I'm just repeating myself at this point. But I need to beat that point home that things like this it's super important for something when it comes to your money. You should be able to keep track of it at all times, no matter where it is. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Uh, probably don't let it happen again. I'm sure that there's going to be lawsuits. I'm sure that there's going to be apologies made and they're going to do their best to make sure it doesn't happen again. And let's hope it doesn't. So I've said enough about that. The other elephant in the room is, uh, besides my droopy ass fucking eyelids, mm. is the coronavirus. Coronavirus that you've already known, it came from Wuhan, China, uh, in a densely populated area. And just it was it was spread it spread very quickly there was 80,000 cases in China and now there was, there's about 2 to 3,000 deaths there apparently is it a deadly virus uh no more deadly than the common flu the common flu can kill the elderly and the weak people and you know my problem with weak people and I'm going to restate that obviously this has become an issue because i expect everybody to get it i expect every i i'm just expecting at this point that everybody's going to get it it's going to suck for a couple weeks, and then things are going to go back to normal. However, for me, because of the fact that it's everywhere at this point, unlike the flu, which I don't care about, there are thousands and thousands of cases of the flu every single year. It doesn't stop me from traveling. However, this will. I was supposed to go to Montana uh, for, for a few days, and uh, apparently due to this, traveling through Logan or through uh, through my town it's not happening so I'm not for the next 30 days there's not going to be any uh out 
outer region travel for me. I'm not going anywhere. Until this thing kind of settles in and takes its course, I'm not moving from the region that I'm currently in. So I will not be getting on a plane and dealing with any idiots anytime soon. Because I, it's not that I'm a scared of the virus. That shit don't frighten me one bit. It's just the inconvenience of me having to take time to focus on it. And me having to take time to focus on it, that takes other... Uh, Focus away from other things that I'm working on, whether it's shooting video, recording podcasts, brushing up on articles, doing posing music, or anything like that. I don't have time for that shit. I don't have time to be dealing with some bullshit virus that made its way over here via fucking uh, DHL and landed on somebody's doorstep. I don't have time for other people being irresponsible and blowing their shit in my face and me having to take a week and a half out of my precious time to deal with it. So I'd rather just stay in the area, let let it play itself out, And it is definitely taking, the fear has definitely hit home. Uh, Not this home, but as fact is it's caused, there was the Geneva Auto Show, which is completely empty. There are soccer stadiums with nobody in them. There are movie premieres, which are being delayed. There are events that may be pushed back. The Olympics is considering moving. There's a lot of this stuff. It is a it's a it's a train wreck of a situation, and it's causing a lot of chaos in the stock market. It's causing a lot of chaos in the stock market. And it's that's when I start to pay attention. Because before this, the market was just going up. And granted, there was other things tied to it, but the fact is, is the market was going up. It was easy to it was easy to study the pattern. And then this situation hit and led me from buying to holding. But there is a possibility. Just accept the fact that, you know, you know what's funny funny? When you tell somebody they're gonna die, they eventually just accept it. They come to accept it. There is a possibility that you're going to get it. Don't be scared of that. You're going to get the flu. Most people get the flu every year. Most people get sinus infections every year. Okay? You're going to get it. Just accept that fact. If you're a healthy person, you're going to be fine. Okay? Two weeks of two weeks of nausea and whatever else symptoms are going to come with it. You take care of yourself. And you're going to be okay. And, then, and that's it. Just chalk it up to a bad couple weeks. If you're a train wreck, you're all done. You're all done. And deservedly so. Deservedly so if you are a train wreck and this and this freaking uh, uh, Wu-Tang Clan virus lands on your fucking doorstep and you get it, fine. Good luck to you, pal. Because, I, like I said, I don't have any empathy for people who aren't taking care of themselves and then all of a sudden they get hit with something worse. It's going to domino that shit. And that's fine if, if, it just, if it turns your life into a giant calamity. I'm perfectly fine with that. Quite frankly, I think that most people are just in my way in general when I'm trying to get shit done. So if you end up trying to, if you end up staying home because the fucking Doseki virus hits your doorstep, that's great. Traffic's going to be lighter. It's going to be quieter at the grocery store, and there's going to be tons of discounts for online sales, so that I can go ahead and get the shit that I need for less prices. And the discounts on meat are going to be great too, because nobody's going to be uh, out there shopping. So perfect for me. I'm going to be scoring while you're home. Uh, puking. I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm going to be taking advantage of things while you're at home praying that you don't die and going and spending all your money on deductibles and, you know, destroying urgent cares and primary care doctors. And I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be looking for discounts. And you should be, if you're completely healthy, you should be doing the same things I'm doing. Prepping for quiet nights out and empty roads and just opening up that V8 or Toyota Prius hybrid, whatever you got. Opening her up because it's going to be quiet out. People are going to be too scared to go out. And all you soccer moms out there that are trying to prevent your kiddos and rubbing them fucking from head to toe in Purell, you're going to be staying home great. Perfect. 
and I'm going to have the open roads to myself, and I cannot wait for this thing to really hit chaos level and everybody just hides. Just do me a favor and don't close my grocery store. I'll be really pissed. But, um, yeah, like I said, if you're healthy, you're going to be fine. Maybe this will scare people to change their ways. Maybe this this little virus from over the hills and far, far away and one ocean away, uh, maybe it'll scare people to actually change their ways and focus on, and, and tighten up their the noose on their own lives and start focusing on things that they really want to do to better their situation. Little virus that probably won't kill you. But, the you know, it came from a different place, so the media took hold of it, and now they're running with it. But... It has killed it has killed people, but they're mostly elderly or they're train wrecks of poor health. And that's pretty much it. That's what happens in any situation. This isn't any other virus other than just a flu um, from far, far away. That's all it is. That's all it is. But what sucks is you're probably going to get it. You're probably going to get it, and it's going to cost you a couple weeks of PTO, and then you'll be back to work and back to your normal stupid lives. But that might be an opportunity for you to reflect while you're at home uh, with a puke bucket next to your bed, to maybe write some things down and start putting things in order and start writing down some checklists. And while this thing runs through your system, you can go ahead and, and focus on, God, if I can just get out of this bed and do some shit, I'm going to make some changes to my environment. And maybe just a little bit of flu is all you need. It's just the flu with some stank on it. It's a, it's a, it's a skunk flu. It's like a skunky beer. It's a skunky flu. And maybe this will just be like, oh, I'm never doing that again. And maybe that's all you need. Sometimes people reach lows just through stupid stuff like this. Maybe this will change your ways. I don't know. I hope it does. I hope it does. But you also, when you want to get out of those ruts that you're in or the, um, what do you want to call it? If you, when you want to change your life, generally you, have, you don't know where to get the right information. Now, if you want to, if you have, if you want to, if you're in a shitty situation or your life just sucks and you want to try to find a way to better yourself, you can contact me directly and I'll give you a couple brief pointers on how to do that. All right. I've done this many times without, with other clients. It's not, it's not a difficult checklist. It's just, uh, for some, it's a difficult process. But if you are deciding to change your ways and change your life and maybe get your shit together because of fucking coronavirus, uh, uh, threw you off course for a few weeks, well, you can contact me because I won't get any viruses through my computer unless I click on those little attachments. But besides the point, I'll help. You can contact me directly. Go to my website, positivesarcasm.com, and just contact me. Be like, listen, I'm uh, I'm out of work for a couple weeks because uh, I, I decided to go cheap and wait for the six to eight-week shipping from China on a pair of Pumas, and now I'm sick as a dog because my shoes had a virus in them. So what's your advice? And I'll... I'll I'll hit you back, you know, with some dead ass honesty. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Just you're probably gonna get it. It's gonna suck, and that's gonna be the end of it. But remember, even even Slate, even the website Slate, which I don't trust, it's they're even saying it's not as deadly as you think. Okay, so you don't need to hoard masks. You don't need to hoard food. You just gotta stay out of people's way. Got to make sure that you're not, if you do have it or you're not feeling well, don't go out to events. Don't go out to ruin somebody else's time, okay? If you're not feeling well, you're not going out to dinner. You're not going to the grocery store. You're not doing any of that shit. You're ordering fucking Domino's and you're waiting until this thing is over and done with. And when you're feeling better after a hot shower and a good cleansing, then okay, 
make your way back out into the world. But do me a favor. Let give a give room to some us, some of us hustlers out there that are perfectly healthy. And all it takes for us is just a few cups of coffee and we're out there shifting gears. So if you're sick, stay home, get out of the way. If you're a train wreck and you're probably gonna die, good. Lock the doors. We'll deal with we'll deal with your body later. Also available also up in the podcast today is another uh, another article about coffee. Uh, Panera's new plan, Panera Bread. I've never talked about them. Grocery shopping, possibly another article, and then of course we'll close up with some dig Q and A. I am definitely tired this week. Uh, that's lack of sleep, but uh, I'll deal with it like a champion, like I normally do. Just the normal ramblings on this week's podcast, like every other podcast. Mm. But I have to admit, since I made some changes to the uh, to the live streams, I've had no issues. I've had no bot streams, no buffering, no disconnections whatsoever. Cross my fingers. Knock on... Ooh, I got some wood right here. Did I even go live? Yeah, I did. We're live. <laughs> Sorry. You can tell when I'm tired. I tend to ramble about shit that don't make sense. Uh, but speaking of coffee, how healthy... Prevention.com has a has a question, uh, has an article about how healthy, how healthy co- is coffee for you. Uh, I try to bring back these articles um, every few weeks because I want people to realize that, yeah, it's okay to drink coffee. It's not bad for you. It's just how you, what you buy, how you drink it, and, you know, what times of the day you drink it, and what circumstances should you be drinking it. Now, this article is by Clyde Bruckman. This was uh, from February 18, 2020. A couple of years, is he talks about his life, so... All right, a couple of years after I landed my first real job, I got my first coffee maker and started drinking my morning cup, just as God intended. How good for him. That is just as my mom, the only coffee drinker in my house growing up, drinks hers roughly two parts coffee to one part coffee mate. Ooh. The dr- a drink of the drink a drink the color of the Werther's original. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you can get Werther's original coffee creamer. I'd like to give that a shot. Mm. I transitioned from coffee mate to real cream and real sugar, then on a friend's tip to maple syrup. It's time I started drinking my coffee black. That's how you should. Soon enough confident that without a sugar and fat, my coffee habit was unquestionably healthy. I started drinking a lot of it. Until recently, during a stretch from working from home, my mornings required whole pots of coffee, sometimes another to-go cup in the afternoon. I started to wonder if maybe uh, it wasn't healthy. A pot of coffee per day, a pot of coffee in the morning is a bit of a stretch, I have to admit. That's definitely, it's, because coffee, it's, it's, there's nothing, there's healthy things in it. There's potassium, there's caffeine, caffeine is helpful, but mostly it's just a chemical reaction. And after a while, it doesn't do anything for you. It starts to lose its effect. Uh, The average, 63% of Americans drink it every day. 3.2 3.2 cups per coffee drinker. According to the National Coffee Association, there's been a lot of research to determine if it's healthy. Drinking up to six cups per day has been found not to increase the risk of death from cancer. No, I don't think think so either because coffee basically, you know, it is a diuretic. It, it does dry you out. It does clean you out because it has potassium. It's hot. It has oils in it. So it's going to have that diuretic effect. Mm. And if you are drinking it black... It's not gonna hurt your. It's not gonna hurt your your sugar levels at all. It's not gonna hurt your body really at all. May make you a little jittery, but depending upon the coffee beans that you drink, which we're gonna jump into again, which is something I've brought back on the podcast. Uh, let's see. Keep in mind, most studies were taking little eight ounce cups. Yeah, it's fine. 
a venti Starbucks. Starbucks is a darker roast. And then let's see, commonly cited LDL. Yeah, the oily part of coffee called calf stall, cafe stall, and ke wall, which stimulate LDL cholesterol levels, get captured by paper. Okay, that's talking about um, if paper filters versus Turkish coffee or French press coffee. So um, the oils, let's see. Apparently, if you use a coffee filter, it can uh, prevent the, the rise of LDL cholesterol levels. However, I mean, these are just preliminary studies. So, and if you are drinking, first of all, if you are drinking Turkish coffee or you are drinking French press coffee, I think you're perfectly fine. As long as you are, as long as your cholesterol levels are in check, aka you have a healthy nutrition program in your body, you have a, your, your nutrition is good to go, don't worry about your cholesterol. Um so drink French press, drink Turkish coffee, drink Cuban coffee, you're fine. Uh, let's see. Espresso, some routine. Okay. Now, as far as, let me get down to mochas, whips, sugars, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, don't steer from that. Steer clear of that altogether. It does talk about if you, the quality of your coffee. Now, for example, Robusto definitely is a cheaper, it's an inferior type of bean and will give you more of a jolt, but you'll have a harder crash. I normally recommend when you drink coffee, you drink anything with Arabica, high-end Arabica beans. Now, it does talk about, let's see, roasting degrades chlorogenic acids but builds up brown compounds called blah, 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 blah. So, okay, I'm going to read this last part here, and then we'll jump to the next article. Coffee, it turns out, is, da is dazzlingly rich stew of compounds. Some of the bean itself and some of the changes the beans undergo in the roaster makes it pretty hard to study. That's true because beans come from all different regions of the world. Let's see, and some colleagues, blah, 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 helpful coffee, choline and chlorogenic acids. Trigoline uh, does all kinds of things. It includes bulwarking the brain against Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, so, okay, cool, and being anti all kinds of nasty stuff. Tumors, bacteria, viruses, choline is a nutrient useful in the metabolic processes. Chlorogenic acids are antioxidants that also help with maladies, including cardiovascular disease. They study medium roast coffee beans from Colombia, Brazil, Burundi, Guatemala, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, Vietnam, and India. Uh, the coffee plant, coffee Arabica, Arabica is the bean, and coffee caniforia, more commonly known as Robusta, that are cultivated for drinking. They found that while the origin of the bean didn't matter, the species did. After roasting, Arabica, Arabica coffee has more favorable balance of healthy compounds than Robusta. Like I said, Robusta is an inferior bean, so it's going to have inferior supplementation in it. So after roasting because beans have to be roasted in order for you to drink them. They found that Arabica had more of these uh, ill-fighting ingredients. So for buildup of brown compounds, blah, 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 they're good for you. And some recent research found that dark roast extracts were more helpful than light roast extracts when it came to Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So the research out there, choosing a roast based on health is probably a wash. Anyway, so Arabica is the way to go. That's a wonderful finding because Arabica coffee accounts for 60% of the world's coffee production is more prized for its flavor than Robusto. So my thoughts on this, go with an Arabica roast. It'll tell you right on the back. It will tell you even and a lot of the times when you buy coffee, it'll tell you the region. So you want to buy a whole bean. Whole bean has more of the compounds that you're looking for. You want to buy from Arabica regions. And then you want to uh, also... Let's see, what else? And you want to buy a darker roast. When you buy a darker roast, you're going to get a more robust flavor and more of those compounds that you're looking for. So that's what I would do. 
Um, if you want to buy something, if you want to buy artificially flavored ingredient, yeah, you can. Okay, it's okay as long as you're. In my opinion, as long as you're drinking coffee, you're good to go. But uh, I always suggest bold roast dark whole bean. Mm. Cheers, folks. Now a there is a um. Here's a company that I normally never talk about. Actually, have never talked about, and that's Panera Bread. Panera, don't get me wrong, I've eaten at Panera a few times in my life. And for the most part, quite delicious. Other problem, but its main problem, quite expensive. Right? Soup and salad is like $34,000. But Panera is doing something that I'm quite surprised at. And I'm going to read through this because I want to make sure that this actually sounds right. This is from MSN, but a lot of companies, uh, excuse me, a lot of news organizations are commenting about this and writing articles about it. And I think it's going to tie into the next article, but here it is. Uh, Panera $9 a month coffee subscription is not just about coffee. So, in an unprecedented move that could shake up Americans' apparently inexhaustible taste for premium coffee, Panera Bread has launched an unlimited coffee subscription that costs $8.99 per month. That's not bad. And, like, for example, when I was buying coffee from Starbucks... That was like $40 a month. Some people will spend $100 a month at Starbucks. But $8.99 a month subscription and entitles subscribers to a bottomless cup of coffee. Panera, which is owned by Netherlands-based Jab Holdings, operates more than 2,100 stores in the United States and Canada. If the subscription service is a hit, should we be on the lookout for a Big Mac subscription next? Or will Starbucks follow Panera's lead and offer a subscription to their coffee? According to Panera, the monthly subscription gets you one cup of hot drip coffee, hot tea, and iced coffee every two hours during regular bakery cafe hours, cafe hours, including free refills of the same beverage at any participating U.S. Panera Bread baked cafes. The drink may be any size. Not included are cold brew, espresso drinks, iced tea, and other beverages. Perfectly understandable. The company says that the subscription price works out to about 30 cents per day or monthly cost to the cost of four 12-ounce cups of coffee. Yeah. Um, let's see. Given that the American, the average American drinks about four 8-ounce cups per day, an average coffee drinker could drink free for more twenty more than 28 days a month. Panera CEO, uh, Niran Chaudhry, told Business Insider, quote, we feel that, oops, sorry about that, we feel that this is a terrific way to get consumers more interested in not only in our coffee platform, but also for them to get exposed to the strength of the food that we have in our cafes, particularly around breakfast. Their food is quite good. Their bread is quite fattening, I guess is one word for it. Uh, might need the best time to breakfast. Uh, this might have... Night, okay, this might not have been the best time to enter the breakfast wars, though. McDonald's is giving away free Egg McMuffin sandwiches Monday, the same day that Wendy's... It launched its own breakfast menu. Does Panera really want to compete with McDonald's and Wendy's? Probably not, but they could be trying to find a place between the fast food giants and the more upscale vibe that Starbucks promotes. Starbucks has, uh, let's see. While Starbucks is not especially high priced, no. Starbucks, okay, the ingredients that Starbucks puts in their food is fucking disgusting. All right, and extremely fattening. I'm mostly focused on the fact that if you are going to drink coffee in the morning, this subscription service is actually quite good, and I'm wondering what else it'll entail as far as what else they're going to put 
in the subscription service. However, maybe they put like hard boiled eggs or I don't know. There, but there is something here that I applaud as far as I mean, cheap. This isn't expensive. Like like an Amazon Prime subscription is insane. But for nine bucks a month, you can get a you can get a coffee every single day. Is extraordinary. And that could lead to something better. And you know what? I'm I'm perfect. I'm very happy with this idea. I think it's really, really good. You can stop in, get some coffee, and head on over to work or wherever you're going or on the way. And maybe maybe Panera should actually just make some smaller scale restaurants. Instead of just having like full scale Panera breads, maybe have some smaller Aroma Joe sized little coffee joints just strictly for coffee. I don't know, maybe it's just it's just a thought. However, I think uh, should they be entering this market and waging war in the in the mornings against co- places like McDonald's and Met Wendy's? Hell yeah, they should. First of all, their stuff is way too expensive to be eating there every single day, and it's weight and I, you know that's a lot of food to that's a lot of carbs, unhealthy food to be eating every single day, or just in, on a weekly basis is not too bad. But if you're just eating, if you're just having a coffee there, yeah, I think it's perfectly fine. If you just are. If you can't be like me and just enjoy your own coffee every single morning, although I think you should make time to make your own coffee, I think it's perfectly good. Maybe you're going there to get once a week, or maybe you're meeting a client there or something to that effect. I think there is value in it, and I think there are opportunities to be had here with this situation. And I don't want to shit on the corporate companies any chance I get. I think Panera is up to something positive. I think this would be very, very good. And um, I'd like to see more from. I'm actually curious if there's other things that they can do with this, as far as an 8.99 prescription. Maybe or maybe if they pair it with like breakfast breakfast meals or little egg wraps or something like that. Uh, I think there's something to it. And subscription services, I'm cool with. Uh, the ones I don't particularly like are things like Amazon Prime and things like that. I think they're just too expensive, uh, and most of those are going to go up in price anyways. Coffee for some reason has never has has still coffee has always been cheap. It still is cheap. Even though the demand for coffee has gone up, it's still cheap. You can still make your own coffee for a relatively inexpensive price. And uh, that's the one thing that has never gotten too insane. Mm. That was a big gulp. Okay. So, Panera, go you. I, I, I appreciate your attempt to entering the, mar- the coffee market. And as long as your coffee's good, okay, as long as the, the, the quality of your coffee doesn't suffer due to this prescription, this, yeah, this prescription, subscription service, you offer some good options, uh, kudos to you. And I'd actually like to try it to see what it's, how good your coffee is. I might actually just consider stopping off at Panera to try your coffee to see if it's any good. So there's that. And we're going to do one, uh, one more article, and then we're going to go ahead and get some Q&A. What are we at, 33 minutes? Also, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. If you want to, of course, since the Robinhood app is working now, you can go to you can go to my website, positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact page. There's the there's the cash app. And of course, there's the Robinhood app, which you get a free stock and I get a free stock, and then you can sell that stock and you can make money. So uh that being said, uh let's go ahead. Yes, I'm definitely tired uh, on this week's podcast, but hey, subscriptions are up, so let's just keep going. Uh, and if you also want to contact me, you can just contact me in any way, shape, or form. You have questions, comments, concerns, just contact me on my website or just uh, email me, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. All right. The Walrus has an article by Corey Mintz. That's a cute little illustration. 
Why grocery shopping is on its way out. Digital convenience is beating out daily chores like running to the store but leaving us lonelier in the process. Oh, sad. Let me read a little bit about this to see if I agree with it. In the interest of full disclosure, I should tell you that I got married in a grocery store. What? Well, it's cheap venue. My local grocer, Pothesy Potts Salapa, upon hearing of my engagement, insisted that we hold the wedding in his shop. My fiance thought it sounded crazy at first. I remember her saying something about not wanting to, uh, not wanting our photos to feature a stack of cereal boxes. But the store was a cozy place near the apartment we shared at the time, and we agreed to at least give it a look with fresh eyes as we toured the high-ceilinged wood-beamed store. Okay. Among Saturday's morning crowds, stocking up on grapes and granola, I could see on her face that this just wasn't a place wasn't just a place. People went to acquire toilet paper. It was a community hub. A few months later, we walked down the store's central aisle and got married between the cash register. Aww. The root vegetable table, a group of our friends and a family, and a display of maple syrup. Well, it's certainly original. Granted, this kind of experience is available to us because we... All right, so what the fuck are we talking about here? Enough about you and your stupid shit. Let's get to the point here, fuckface. Not everyone holds their wedding in this grocery store, can, but it's an unusual desire. A spokesperson for Sobeys told me that a company gets few requests a year from customers who want to get married in one of its locations. At the very least, the supermarket is a formative place. It's where most of us experience the collision of personal independence and financial responsibility, the initial grocery shop after moving out of our patient's home, parents' home. The sticker shock of how much cheese and cookies cost, cookies, leaving us rattled and unsure how we prepared we were in adulthood. Uh, You don't have to hold a major life event in the groceries. Okay. Can we please get to the fucking point? How'd you get started? Dude, come on. Canadians get their food is changing. The way Canadians get their food is changing. Our grocery industry, which currently employs over 300,000 people and is valued at $97 billion, according to the Canadian grocer, is in an arms race to modernize for a digital era. More and more customers expect to get the convenience of needing to think far less about their groceries and work less to get them than they have ever before. What's less clear is the ripple effects that we will have in our daily lives, our communities, our health, and our workforces. The first front in this campaign is online ordering and delivery. This is, for the moment, only a small slice of the market. About 1.5% in Canada and 3% in the U.S., the industries and analysts expected to grow rapidly, possibly quadrupling by 2023. Conservative estimate. All right, let's scroll down a little bit more. 70% of U.S. consumers will do at least some grocery shopping online within four years. Even more modest growth uh, projections represent billions of dollars in sales for can. Okay, all right. So, yeah, blah, 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 blah. It's going to go up. Amazon. Amazon is the big culprit here. 2017 purchases of upscale supermarket chain Whole Foods for $13.7 billion was possibly the biggest industry news of the last decade, signaling that the online behemoth was embarking on a major push into groceries. As of last, some Amazon Prime members in the United States get free grocery delivery. And last November, the company announced plans for its first branded physical grocery store. It's hard. Okay, I'm looking for actual evidence that this thing is going to significantly change how the way I go out and do grocery shopping. That's the big concern for me because I actually like going out and getting uh, groceries. I can, can I do consider it being con. Yes, it is of a convenience to have all my groceries available to me. All right, but I do like to go out and uh, kind of mix it up at the grocery store. It is kind of like, for me, going to the grocery store or going clothes shopping, for me, that's like a, that's like my nightclub. I like going out to the grocery store to kind of, it's a social environment. It reminds you of your responsibility to yourself to see what stuff looks like before you purchase it. 
I like to know where my stuff came from. I like the idea of going out to the grocery store just in general, okay? I don't want to always be home. I don't want to always be in the studio. I like to go out and touch the product before I make my purchases. Granted, I do a lot of shopping on eBay, but I do almost zero shopping on Amazon. And I've even uh, I've even stepped foot inside of a Whole Foods to peruse a few things to see what they have. And they do, honestly enough, have some of the products that I do like. They have the kimchi that I like. They have uh, some of the supplements that I use. The But the fact is, is I don't, there are some things that I there. I'm not going to be able to find cheaper online. It's perfect. I do like going to the grocery store, even though I have to. Oh my god, I have to get in my car and drive to the store and make the effort. There is a a, 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 a human responsibility to get out of your of your home and go somewhere and make these purchases. There is a sort some sort of responsibility that you have to yourself to go out and do these things. I get it. There are some things that you can have delivered to your home, whether it's durable goods, toilet paper, but things like that. This has been attempted in the past by other companies that are, well, they were more like pyramid schemes, basically. But they tried to do that, and some things did work. But the fact is, is that uh, certain foods, you, you might as well just go out and either you know hunt for them or shop for them or something to that nature. Some things are just not going to be... Hmm, how can I put this? I don't know if the demand will ever be high enough to where grocery stores are going to have to severely change their ways uh, as far as, like, for example, everything being delivered. I don't think everything is going to be delivered. Some things will be. Maybe maybe the, the milk, you know, the idea, the concept of the milkman coming back to deliver certain products to you. I don't necessarily know how grocery stores are going to have to change their ways in order to prevent their inevitable death. I know that things such as food waste are a major issue. Some things that I wish that we could remedy more of. Um, and I understand that grocery stores now have made accommodations such as self-checkout aisles, uh, being able to uh, pick things up in you know automatic pick. They have a, a drive-up window now. They have delivery services. I think that grocery stores uh, still have a long ways to go before that death that this thing questions i know that amazon will will try to pick up the pace and try to push other uh stores out of the out of the area maybe smaller grocery stores but i i do see that there are some mark there are some stores that still have hold on independent food stores are still around other chain stores such as market basket and hannaford's and publix and and uh and what do you call it food lion and uh, Kroger's, they're still around. You still see, see people shopping constantly at Costco, running to Costco and emptying them because of some stupid flu. People are still shopping at grocery stores because there's stuff there that people still want to go out and get. Uh, people are always changing their mind about what they want for dinner, what they want for lunch, what they want for next week. They don't necessarily want a computer telling it to them. They want to go out and experience the independence of shopping for something you know it's not it shouldn't be stressful where am i going with this i'm going where i'm going with this is i think grocery stores have a, a long way to go before they're up before in an untimely death i've seen i've seen some grocery stores come and go simply because they just don't lack the things that they simply lack the things that we want 
as long as their prices stay competitive, which I think they will. I know that there are things like ButcherBox that are out there. There's canned goods, which you can get delivered to your house. But the fact is there's still tons of grocery stores out there. As a matter of fact, when was the last time that the stores that I've shopped at, as far as groceries, have gone away? Uh, If only they've actually opened up stores, nicer stores. I don't see that disappearing anytime soon. I could be wrong, but I, as me personally, I would like to. I would like to continue shopping for my for my foods, and I just think it's easier. Unless I okay, for example, if I was to get rid of some of the things that, if I was to zero out my shopping at the grocery store, I would have to have the meat that I'd shop for. It would have to be a competitive price. So far, it's not the uh, fresh vegetables that I shop for online ordering, they'd have to be competitively priced. They're not. Canned goods, they're not. Other things such as, you know, personal hygiene products, they're not. I can still get them at the same prices without shipping costs uh, for the same price. So why would I stop shopping in a grocery store? I won't. So, and... Some, I mean, I only shop at Whole Foods. Whole Foods is considered to be more expensive than uh, the ones that I shop at. But, I mean, it's still a store that I physically walk into. And I think like other places, to go there is, to, is still a thing that people need to do and should do. I think it's an exercise in responsibility to go to a grocery store, pick out your products. And this is the thing it talks about is where it's going to go away. I don't think it's going to go away. Uh However, things like malls, I think, will go will go away in some way, shape, or form. There's a lot of dead retail space right now, and it will eventually be consolidated. Where you're going to have a movie theater, a you're going to have a movie theater, a storage facility, and a and a grocery store all in one little controlled outlet. It will it will it will uh, mute it'll mutate in some way, shape, or form. The retail market, some stores will close due to the fact that they just have shitty products. Whether it's clothes or food, it's not going to matter. If you continue to have good products that are competitively priced, your market will stay open. Okay, your products will still be purchased. If I find a good per- if I find a good bur- uh, good butcher, I will consider going to that person. All right, but for the most part, and, and I've even started shopping again at local tinier markets like A Market, which has like raw food products that I love, kimchi that I love. Uh, yogurt that I love, and a couple other things that I would normally not find, whether it be online or in my regular large grocery store. So I try to make these uh, a do- little dips and dives every now and then into these local markets to, to find things that I've never had before. Because I don't like the normal form. I love uh, routine, but I like to break out of the formula to try new things. And maybe there's something in my diet that I don't have, something in my life that I should have that I've never really experienced. And just supporting smaller businesses or local businesses. I don't want everything to come through. I don't want to have to depend on an Amazon Prime truck showing at my ho- showing up at my house every three days with the shit that I need. I don't trust. First of all, I don't trust Jeff Bezos for fuck. And second of all, I like being independent and shopping for my own stuff. So uh, I, I'm I'm sure this uh, automated shopping system is going to cause some. Uh, ripple effect in the grocery store market but for the most part i think that it's gonna be around for quite some time and i just enjoy shop i know that there are some things like contaminants like the coronavirus and things like that's keeping people out of the markets and that's gonna hurt 
them in the long term for some, but I, for now, these grocery stores, they're busy. They got a lot of product that people like. And Jeff Bezos, I, you know, I, he bought a grocery store for a reason. He bought Whole Foods for a reason. And I'm curious to see where he's going to go with it. But I don't see him, unless he significantly lowers his prices, I don't see him per- pushing other grocery stores out of the market altogether. I don't. I'm trying to, I'm, I, like I said, he's a smart guy. He's business oriented. But I don't trust him. And I also don't see him, unless he's just going to buy out all the other grocery stores, he's going to buy out, you know, they can always say no. And people don't, people, as for as many people who shop at Hannaford, uh, many people who shop at uh, Whole Foods, there's just as many who shop at Hannaford's or Publix or Kroger's or Food Lion. So you're not going to get rid of them anytime soon. You're not. All right. And for the fact is, is if people see, people tend to rebel when they see one large company taking over. They'll tend to shop at other places. People, there are people who do something just for convenience, but they will, if they, if they smell something that they don't like, they'll go elsewhere. They will. People do eventually when something hits a precipice and they don't like monopolies, they'll shop elsewhere. They'll even go local. And they're willing to spend more if they are not spending it there. They're just, that's how it is. Anyways, we're at 47 minutes. I don't know how the fuck. I'm starting to sweat. Maybe I got the flu. Uh-huh. Let's go ahead and finish up with some Q&A because I got some good ones here that I, I'm curious about. Let's see. We're at 47. Okay. All right. Here's some uh, Okay, boyfriend lies. Here we go. Is it okay that my boyfriend lied to me about how much our rent was and profited off my contributions? I moved into my boyfriend's mother's rental. Oh, my fucking Christ. I moved into my boyfriend's mother's rental property with my boyfriend a year and a half ago. He told me that his mother was charging $800 a month for rent and utilities. So $400 for each of us. That's not bad. Which is well below market rate. I agree. I was very happy about that and Every month, I sent my boyfriend $400 to give his mom for my half of the rent. His mother mentioned to me that she was only charging us the cost of the monthly utilities and upkeep, $200 a month. I confirmed with her that she only intended for us to be paying $200 a month, and she said that what my boyfriend had been paying for her all along. Turns out my boyfriend was using my money to pay his mother and then pocketing half of it while contributing nothing himself. I confronted my boyfriend about this, and he didn't deny it, but said that since it was his mother's house, he could charge me whatever rent he wanted, and this was essentially a finder's fee since it was only because of him that I'm paying way under market value. We never discussed this arrangement before, and I am livid. I told him that he needs to pay me back every cent of the extra $300 I was paying for last year and a half. He said that I'm being selfish and ungrateful because $400 a month is much lower than what I would be paying if I lived alone and he can charge whatever he wants because it's his mother's house. Am I the asshole for not wanting to pay anymore? That's, first of all, okay. That's a douchey move on his part. His, her, doesn't matter. You have to, if you're going to be in a committed relationship and you're going to live with somebody, you need to be upfront uh, about the bills in the house. You can't, uh, because you're a finder's fee, that's a control tactic and that's that's absolutely uncalled for. Your boyfriend's a dickhead for what you did and cheated you out of a significant amount of money. Maybe you're trying to pay off certain bills. Maybe you're trying to pay off a mortgage uh, or, or what? not a mortgage. Maybe you're trying to pay off past bills. Maybe you got a college loan. Maybe you're saving up for something. The fact is it's your money and why should your boyfriend be controlling that? Your boyfriend's a controlling little fuck. 
I advise you significantly to just get out of there altogether. And if there's any written agreements, I would seek legal small claims court action against him. But for the most part, I would just leave and just and that be and I would be done with it altogether. Your boyfriend is a, is a complete asshole for uh yeah, overcharging you and lying to you. Okay. I I'm not a pre I I can't believe people like this freaking exist. I mean, that's a significant amount of money. It is. A couple extra hundred bucks a month that could be in your pocket, in your savings account, in your 401k, in the stock market when the app is working. Uh, instead, it's going into his goddamn pocket. And what is he doing with it? What is he doing with it? What's he spending it on? Who is he spending it on? And what is he... For whatever reason he could be spending it, his, the money on, I, I, don't, I don't agree with this tactic. The fact that he completely lied about it shed serious doubt on the relationship, and I think you should end it and just pack your shit and leave. Even if you're going to be spending more on your own, you're at least going to sleep better at night knowing that you made the right decision. At least I hope you will. You won't be able to afford a good mattress, but still. Sleep on, on, on a nice comfy futon, you'll be all right. But for the boyfriend... Uh, his time is, is better spent thinking about shit that he did wrong. Let's see. Uh, former employee, fair. Okay. Should I put my last boyfriend? <laughs> Should I put my last job on my resume after I got fired when my boss falsely told his wife we had an affair? I quit my retail management job two years ago over work-life balance issues and started working as a private home chef for a wealthy married couple. Long story short, the wife caught the husband having an affair and rather than admit who it was with and have to stop seeing her, he lied that it was me. She fired me. He apologized to explain himself and tried to give me money, but I was furious and told him off. So I'm on my own now. I need to look for a new conventional job, but I have no idea what to say about this last position on my resume, especially because I can't get a reference from them. But if I don't list it, then how do I account for the last two years? Simple. You fucking go get a lawyer and you sue. Okay? You were you were fired for the wrong reasons. That's 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 harmful pra- harmful job practices. You need to get a lawyer and you need to pursue this. And you also need to go to the Better Business Bureau. You need to go also go to state employment services and tell them what happened. You this is this is a horrible thing. He lied to you and you were employed by them and then he fired you for the wrong reasons. I don't know why you need to worry about what uh, what you put on your resume. You need to worry more about who, what lawyer you're going to pick out so you can sue the shit out of this guy and see what other, not just civil, but criminal. Because this is your life. You're, you now have to pick up the pieces because somebody else lied because he was fucking around and you have to pay the price for it? No, I completely disagree with that. And if you, you're the asshole if you don't pursue this legally. You're the asshole if you don't pursue this legally. Uh, if I got fired because, you know, for whatever reason from a, if I was in a con, if I was in a contract and somebody said that I was fucking around for some reason with the, with the client and that led to me being dis- dismissed from the contract, I'd flip my shit and I'd let the whole world know about it. And this happens all the time. You know, for you know, if you get a contract with a client to do video work or whatnot, and then all of a sudden somebody gets jealous because you're, you do you in something arises from that, and then you get dismissed for jealousy or for infidelity or whatever, and they lie, and you can't because your reputation is at stake, and you cannot let your reputation be damaged because you simply just don't want to 
you know, rock the boat. No, you need to defend your reputation for every bit that it's worth. So you need to go and get legal counsel if you still are within the statute of limitations and take care of business, i.e. this guy. Um, let's finish up with one more because let's see here. In love with the sex work. Oh, my God. There's some, there's some good ones here for sure. But uh, I'm very tired. I'm, I, my apologies, first of all. I am very, I'm very tired today. I'm rambling through this podcast. There's a lot of good stuff here, but I'm not bringing the material as best as I can. So we will do one more and we'll close up shop for today. And uh, I'll go to, I'm going to go right to the grocery store and get some wonderful product. All right, let's do one more. Do some uplifting ones. How can I get my nerdy teen daughter interested in activities most girls would be interested in? I'm afraid my 16-year-old daughter is missing out on the best parts of her youth. She's a good kid, gets good grades but doesn't seem to have any friends, doesn't date, doesn't go to parties, football games or dances, nothing. Her entire life is focused in fo- her entire life is focused on a blog she runs and the fan fiction she posts on another site. I've checked her blog, it's okay, but nothing most girls would be interested in. They are, these are the years to have fun, learn social skills and build a good resume for college. My daughter will have absolutely no extracurricular activities unless she writes about Superman and Batman fan fiction. My husband and I have told her about all the fun she's missing. She played football. He played football and ran track. I was a cheerleader in the theater club and never missed a dance. But she's not interested in anything. We don't think she needs to be a cheerleader or an athlete, but we do think she needs to be involved in something. What should we do? You should actually encourage her with the blog stuff and the Batman fan fiction and all that stuff. Right now, she is trying to focus on creativity and a love for something and a passion for something that could quite possibly make her money in the future. You need her to be focusing on college. What if she doesn't want to go to college? Do you all of a sudden want to just throw all that debt at her for something she's not motivated for? I have always said time and time again, if you're not motivated to go to college, don't go to college, okay? If, you've, if you're not in love with the idea of going to college, you need to stay out of there and not incur that debt. That is the, one of the biggest mistakes you can make. And you, yeah, should she be, yeah, you should, but listen, listen, go to this dance, give this a whirl, try out a couple of these things here and there. But yes, if you do that for us, uh, lovely daughter of ours, if you, you know, give some of these things a try, going to, you know, football, a football game and going to a dance or two, we will not only, we will encourage and try to take part in helping you with your fan fiction and your extracurricular activities, such as, what is it, your uh, blog that you run and the fan fiction that you post. Not only will we support you in this, we will also help fund it and get you whatever you need, whether it's a new computer or maybe some trips to Comic-Con or, uh, you know, all those things that, you know, are part of this. And we'll help you with it because there's there is a, there's a market for that. There's, in case you haven't noticed, there's a huge market for creativity right now. And in order to encourage her to do things like that, you should always be encouraging your your your, your kids. And if you do that, that's where their energy is focused. Great. If they, that's, I would completely encourage, I would, as long as she makes some comp- compromises, as long as you focus on uh, a couple things, such as going to some dances and going to theater and you know, doing those, some of those things that kids should be doing when they're growing up, the standard social skills, you will say, okay, you make some uh, compromise with us to do some of these things and we will absolutely help you out in any way, shape, or form with your fan fiction and with your blog writing. And you know what? Writing is a great skill. And if this helps her perfect that skill, then I absolutely think you should support her in those roles. Okay? Don't try to discourage her from these things. I know maybe certain 
you know, uh, parents are more con- uh, more uh, religious, more convention, uh, conservative in their in those aspects. But allow that creativity to blossom. Okay. Otherwise, she may resent you for it in the long run. We are at 58 minutes for the day. I'm definitely done because I'm sweating and I'm feeling a little tired and I got to get some supplements in me. But until then, uh, I want to thank you guys for sticking with me. I know I sometimes, even every comedian, every great comedian has uh, rough sets, but we'll get through it. Uh, And then, of course, Sunday Leftovers will be coming to you shortly. If I end up with the coronavirus, I will definitely let you guys know, and I'll be streaming live anyways. I will stream live if I am sick regardless, and I'll let you know how I'm feeling and what you should expect in the weeks ahead. But until then, uh, you can find me on uh, Positive Sarcasm Podcast on YouTube and Positive Sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm, Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, CastBox, everywhere where uh, podcasts are available. Thank you to all the new subscribers. It's a hard ramble. Sometimes I'm silly, sometimes I'm tired, and sometimes I'm just on point. Just not this week. Anyways, uh, if you guys want to email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. But until then, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.